Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Welcome, friends. We are glad you've joined us today. Walt and I have been digging into the details of the life of Moses. There are three main segments in his life. We see 40 years in the courts of Pharaoh, and then about 40 years in the land of Midian, tending the flocks of his father-in-law Jethro, and then more than 30 years leading the people of Israel out of Egypt into the wilderness and to the promised land. Well, you remember last week we were at the Red Sea and God has set the stage for the sons of Israel to watch the mighty wonder of God's hand as Pharaoh and his army approach. The sons of Israel are backed up to the Red Sea and they are frightened. They are fearful. They turn to Moses and they cry, why have you brought us out of Egypt so that we might die here in the wilderness? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. This is a sign of their weak faith heart. They were shaking with fear. They lacked trust in the Lord. And you know, Brenda, how quickly we want to run back to our past, to our past bondages, sins, addictions, and the heavy burdens that we've carried. Because we are fearful, or is it we think we're unable to stand up to the challenges or the difficult situation in front of us, but God is calling us to walk through them, to trust Him, and to walk through the floodwaters or the fire that we're facing. You know, in Exodus 14, as we continue this story, Moses said to the people, Do not fear. Stand by and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will perform for you today. And the Egyptians you have, you have seen today, they will never see Again, ever, the Lord will fight for you while you keep silent. And the Lord said to Moses, tell the sons of Israel to go forward. Moses, lift up your staff and reach out your hand over the sea and divide it. The sons of Israel will go through the sea on dry land. What a miracle. It's not just they'll go through the sea. It'll be dry land. And the Lord said, as for me, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in after them, after the people of Israel. And then the Egyptians will know, have intimate knowledge that I am the Lord, the Lord God, the mighty one. And that people are praising God. And Pharaoh, after this activity, and that Pharaoh has crushed his army, perishes in the sea. And in Exodus 15, Moses shouts praise. Really, it's a hymn of praise. Um, I, I get excited at this point because Moses is going to sing out to the Lord. He says, I will sing to the Lord. He's highly exalted. He hurled the horse and its rider into the sea. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my song. The Lord is my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. Well, I love that praise uh, there in Exodus 15. And Walt, you are right. It is exciting when we read it and when we realize what has just happened as Moses's praising God. God has provided. He's answered. He has shown up big time. And it seems much easier to praise the Lord when we have a victory like that, right? Have you ever heard the saying, 
the struggle makes us stronger. Well, I just have to say this is a pretty big pill to swallow because most of us don't really like the struggle. I don't think we run toward the struggle. Why? It's hard work. It takes discipline. It makes me evaluate the details in my life and look at things and and question, should I continue? Should I change? And deep down, we probably all want to be stronger. And if that's the case, we have to face the struggle. And that is exactly what the people of Israel are facing out in the wilderness. God wants them to grow. Grow where? How? In unity, as as a family, as all their units working together, in discipline, in their faith, in their obedience to the Lord. Moses is their leader, and he faces many different situations with these people over the next 40 years. What happens? Well, they grumble and they complain. They want to go back to Egypt. They're filled with fear and they say, at least back in Egypt, we had this, this, and this. And did we mention they grumble and complain? (laughs) Right. And they were disobedient. They disobeyed God. They were rebellious. They were a divisive people. And did I mention that they grumbled and complained? A lot. (laughs) Well, and you know, when you say that, Walt, I must confess, I might have been one of the small group leaders for the grumble team. I'm not not sure, but you know, it's really sad that, but as we've thumbed through these chapters in Exodus and looked at numbers, the grumble, the complain, the murmur comes up, right? Yeah. Friends, this is Moses' life journey. This is the work the job God has called him to do, serving God, yes, but leading this people, these grumblers, complainers, disobedient, rebellious. There's so much for us to learn from Moses' life journey. And there's a number of caveats that occur here, but the first is three days into the wilderness, there's no water. In Exodus 15, it says, they could not drink the water at Marah because it was bitter. What shall we drink? The people asked. And Moses cried to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a log, and he threw it into the water. There the Lord made a rule, and there he tested them. If you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God, and do that which is right in his eyes, for I am the Lord, your healer. And this is one of the great names of, of God that, that is going to be throughout the wilderness wanderings. And then they, they didn't have enough food or the right kind of food. Um, and in Exodus 16, the Lord provides manna and meat. And as the people traveled in the wilderness the 15th day of the second month, and the whole congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. Did I tell you they grumble quite a lot, Brenda? Yeah, yeah. But what we, they ask, would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt? It would have been better as we just died. When we sat by the meat pots and ate the bread to the full, for you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. You know, they remember the food, but they forgot the toil, the hard work, and the slavery that they faced in Egypt. And then the Lord said to Moses, this is a very crucial turning point in the story. I've heard the grumblings of the people. Yeah, a lot. 
at twilight you shall eat meat, and in the morning you shall be filled with bread. Then you shall know, intimately know, that I am the Lord your God. And even as I get to this point, one of the, the head to hearts, um, taking this information and, and saying, how, how can I apply this to my life? That aspect of then you shall know that I am the Lord your God. And when I, I read that, I ask this question, how often do we, now, how often do I come to the Lord with my grumblings and my complaints? And do I expect God to prove himself over and over again to me? Rather, I should reflect on his goodness and his mighty deeds and the salvation the Lord so richly provides us. Just remember that song of Moses, the Lord is my strength and song. He is my salvation. Yeah, oh, that we would remember, right? That that we would cling to those those stones of remembrance that God has done, and He has shown Himself faithful. Well, the sons of Israel now are continuing on their journey. They're in the wilderness. They are walking toward the promised land, but they've got a long way to go. And according to the command of the Lord, they're going on the journey, on the path he has. But once again, we get to Exodus now 17, there was no water for the people to drink. So it's interesting here in verse 2, the people quarreled with Moses and said, give us water so that we may drink. And Moses said to them, why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? But the people were thirsty for water there. And they grumbled against Moses and said, why is it that you have brought us up from Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord saying, What am I to do with this people? A little more, and they will stone me. We need to remember, Moses is a real person. He's a leader, but this, this is hard. He is working, he is leading difficult people who question, who, who are grumbling, who now in this chapter are quarreling. And the Lord said to Moses, pass before the people, take in your hand your staff, with which you struck the Nile. So here's Moses' staff once again. He used it in Egypt on the Nile to do the different uh, miracles of the Lord. He used it to part the Red Sea. And now God is going to use that staff in Moses' hand again. Behold, I will stand before you on the rock at Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and water will come out of it, so that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. You know, Moses poses deep questions to the people. Why do you quarrel with me? Am I your leader? Do you trust me? But then he says, but why do you test the Lord? But yet, you know, I have to say, each of us, I am, you are, we're guilty of this behavior. We test the Lord. Things aren't going quite the way I want them to, the way I want life to happen. This particular circumstance is just too hard. It's too difficult. What do I do? I grumble. I complain. I quarrel. I turn my eyes away from the Lord. You know, Brenda, it seems like we can quickly look at our circumstances, um, even circumstances that are unpleasant, rather than looking to the Lord. I, I love these verses in Exodus 19, starting with verse 4. You yourself have seen what I did to the Egyptians, 
how I have carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. If you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my own possession, and you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. That's what God's intention for the people of Israel was. And then all the people answered together and said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Um, that's not quite true, but anyway, they, that's what they're that's saying. That's what they said. And God now calls Moses to Mount Sinai, and he gives the Ten Commandments, and there we'll see the people grumble, complain, and even lash out in sin. Yeah, and as they go, uh, as as the Lord maps out and he says, you're going to be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation, and they say, all oh, that the Lord has spoken, we will do. Now Moses goes up to Mount Sinai. They had these specific rules. Do not touch the mountain. Do not um, come near. You will be killed. And Moses goes up and he's gone. And then as we go from Exodus 20, and now we get to all the way to Exodus 32, the people of Israel have become impatient. Moses has been gone far too long. And they beg Aaron, make us a God who will go before us. For this Moses, the man who brought us up from the land of Egypt, we do not know what happened to him. This people, foolish, they turn their backs on God. They quickly have forgotten. We'll do all that God says. We'll wait. We'll be patient. And the Lord said to Moses, go down for your people whom you brought up out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way that I commanded them. They have made for themselves a golden calf and have worshipped it. This is such a sad chapter. As the Lord continues speaking to Moses, listen to these words. I have seen this people and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now, therefore, let me alone that my wrath may burn hot against them and I may consume them in order that I may make a great nation out of you, out of you, Moses. You know, and and even as we get to this point, this is a huge turning point because God's saying, Moses, I'll start again with you and I'll wipe out this whole rebellious people. But we see the shepherd's heart of Moses. He's a servant leader as he implores the Lord as God and says this, Oh Lord, why does your wrath burn hot against your people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say with evil intent he did it to bring them out, to kill them in the mountains and consume them from the face of the earth? Lord, turn aside your burning anger and relent from this disaster against your people. Remember Abraham. Remember Isaac, remember Israel, your servants, that I will multiply your descendants as the stars of of heaven. Moses here is reciting God's words, and I'll give the land which I've spoken to them, they'll inherit it forever. I love that phrase, ho'olam, unto the eternals, over and over, it will be theirs. And the Lord heard Moses' words of interception and those beautiful words in Exodus 32, 14, and the Lord relented from the disaster that he had spoken to bring to his people. You know, Moses went before the Lord and he begged him, turn away from his righteous anger and and do not destroy your chosen people. Moses intercedes between God and these sinful people. 
but the people will be disciplined. Yeah, and Moses is just doing a masterful job here uh, in a very, very difficult situation. And I love that that idea, Walt, that you shared that that he is in intercession between God, between the people. What an amazing example of a shepherd, one who watches out for the welfare, the good of the flock, even when they've strayed and they've sinned against the Lord, Moses interceded for them. And then going into Exodus 33, beginning at verse 8 and following, the scriptures tell us more about this relationship Moses had with the Lord. And I really want us to think about how Moses spent time before the Lord. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would arise and stand each at the entrance of his tent and gaze after Moses until he entered the tent, the tent of worship. Whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. So the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face. Listen to this phrase, friends, just as a man speaks to his friend. Then Moses said, please show me your glory. And then the Lord said to him, Behold, there is a place by me, and you shall stand there on the rock, and it will come about while my glory is passing by, that I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I've passed by. Then I will take my hand away, and you shall see my back, but my face you shall not see." You know, there's so much more we could tell about the, the life journey of, of Moses. The, the report from the 12 spies, 10 who gave an evil report and 2 who gave a good report, including Joshua, and many battles that are won, but, but also we could see the disobedience of Moses. God commanded him to speak to the rock, and Moses struck the rock in anger. He struck the rock twice, and God didn't intend for that. And so Moses' discipline is he will not enter into the promised land. Uh, one of the saddest devotions I do is up on top of Mount Nebo. And, and in closing today, we want to look at the summary of the life found in Deuteronomy 34. This is after Moses has died, and it says this, For there has not arisen a prophet since in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. None like him for all the signs and the wonders that the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land, and for all the mighty power and all the great deeds of terror that Moses did in the sight of Israel. These mighty words and deeds of Moses were directed and empowered by God Almighty. So the Lord said to Moses to lead his people out of bondage, and that's what he did. Friends, as we journey through life, our, our, our words, our thoughts, our actions should be filled with praise for the Lord. He alone is worthy of our worship and in our adoration. He is to be our first love. He is to be the great and mighty God. And even in Psalm seventy-seven, eleven says, I shall remember. We need to remember the deeds of the Lord. I will certainly remember your wonders. And Psalm 150 says, and we must praise, praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Well, until our next time together, may you continue to walk with God. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. 
Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America and outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.